Apollite Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but actually it's just another word for prayer, and it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect the complete discography of Lee Greenwood, including, (laughs) including, if only for one night, holding a good hand, wounded heart, and stronger than time. Hmm. I... I mean, I didn't, I don't recognize any of those songs at all, but growing up in a country music family with parents who worked for a country music radio station, I bet I would recognize some of those songs if I heard them. Well, well these are album titles, actually. Oh, uh, so, oh, okay, I see. Well, yeah, then, never And mind. actually, there are, for a guy who I only know, you know, one of his songs, like the big one. Uh-huh. Um, he, I I never would have guessed that he's got like twenty albums. Yeah, he's a popular dude, man. Yeah, his last one was in two thousand three. That was the Stronger Than Time one. Mm, got it. He uh, was recently in Kentucky as he performed his number one most popular song at our recent gubernatorial installation or what's oh, inauguration that's inauguration, the yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was going Episcopal on you but uh, yeah he came so that's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> there's this weird don't google this squeamish listeners but there's this bizarre photo of Lee Greenwood wearing like a stars and stripes speedo what? <laughs> on the internet yeah one of my co-workers like emailed it to me it was like guess who's in kentucky today (laughs) (laughs) anyway well lee greenwood's greatest hit obviously is god bless the usa usa stands for united states of america and today we're talking about the collect for the unity of the church so it's a bit of a leap but but that's how we got there nicely tied together i like (laughs) that yeah so i guess we should pray yeah This collect can be found on page 255 of the BCP, Book of Common Prayer. Almighty Father, whose blessed Son, before his passion, prayed for his disciples that they might be one, as you and he are one, grant that your church, being bound together in love and obedience to you, may be united in one body by the one Spirit, that the world may believe in him whom you have sent, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, this is a a timely prayer. It sure um, is. To be talking about is, when does the meeting start or has it already started? Uh, I believe it starts on Monday, January 11th. Uh, Listeners were recording this on Sunday the 10th. I'm not sure exactly when the episode will drop, but... um, The uh, primates of the Anglican Communion should all still be in Canterbury, uh, unless I am woefully behind on editing. Yes. 
Not Can- <laughs> yeah, Canterbury. They're not. I, I, I thought they were meeting at Lambeth, but uh, they're actually at Canterbury Cathedral. There are lots of reasons to pray for the unity of the church this week. First impressions. I give this prayer like a B minus. Yeah, um, we might need like a Brendan's Heresies theme song for this one. <laughs> Get on it, David Simmons. <laughs> okay. So I don't hate this prayer, but there's like a major guilt trip happening in it, uh-huh. which is Almighty Father, whose blessed son before his passion prayed for his disciples that they might be one. Right. And so it's that before his passion part that is kind of that kind of gets to me because it, it, it has this guilt element of it like this was your mother's dying wish (laughs) if only you and your brother could get along (laughs) (laughs) and that that frankly is a bit spurious to say because um the scriptural reference here is to john 17 20 to 21 this is part of a very long discourse Uh, that Jesus is giving to his disciples after the Last Supper, uh, but before he is arrested. And it starts midway through chapter 13 and goes all the way at least to chapter 17. It might go longer than that, but uh, I kind of stopped where we picked up this quote. There's just a lot that is in there. And Uh so to to single this out as this is what Jesus had in mind um, before he went to the cross... Anyway, I don't know. I I know it's not meant that way, but that was my first reaction. What about you? Yeah, well, for me, I kind of... It's misleading, I think. Um, the it, Just like you said, but in a different way. You know, that this colic says that, that Jesus prayed before his death that his disciples might be one as he is one with God the Father. And in fact fact like so when I first read that I thought that's a pretty tall order like we don't even understand the trinity most (laughs) of the time much less can we then try to emulate it but then the scriptural reference in John 17 actually kind of says as you father are in me and I am in you may they also be in us that doesn't quite seem to be the same I don't think yeah, that that's totally right. Holly, you should be the Archbishop of Canterbury. Brendan, I've been waiting for somebody to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just say that because um, this prayer was written by William Temple, who was Archbishop of Canterbury from 1942 to 44. And you're right. The scripture passage totally doesn't say what the prayer says. Yeah. And maybe not totally doesn't say but doesn't exactly say for sure. Exactly. So, therefore, I might be the first layperson <laughs> to ever take the leap <laughs> to f- from laity to Archbishop of Canterbury. I think it's the right move for the church. Yeah. <laughs> it will totally be uncontroversial. <laughs> you would be, like, the most fun Archbishop of Canterbury ever. So... I would have to start growing out my eyebrows, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that that kind of throws me off a little. I I prefer the the gospel passage to the 
wording in the collect for sure. I, I guess I, I get where this collect is going uh, because you know it is there, there is a big focus on different kinds of unity. Uh, so there's the analogy that is being drawn between the oneness of the disciples being like the oneness of God the Father and God the Son, which mm-hmm. now that I'm saying it, I'm like, yeah, this this is really off base. Because I just, uh, that analogy really doesn't hold. Yeah, um, it seems like an awfully big lift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, we have the church being bound together in love and obedience to you, uh, which, okay, that's good. Uh, sure. You know, the uh, the primates uh, who are gathered in Canterbury ought to be paying attention to that little passage right there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe united in one body by the one spirit. There, that's uh, definitely kind of a call out to uh, some of the, uh, the sacraments, uh, that mm-hmm. we have language that's like that, that shows up uh, in the Eucharistic prayers, uh, asking that... Oh, let me see if I can find it. Well, certainly in the baptism, there's one body and one spirit. There's one hope and God's called us. Right, right. And then there is also, uh, and that same language is showing up here. I'm in uh, prayer D on page 375. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit. Uh, so uh, we're seeing ourselves bound together into one body uh, through the sacraments of baptism and, and the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. I am for that, too. Uh, sure. So this is uh, part of the mystery of the church is the body of Christ. Right. And, and then, really, I guess what this prayer is, is asking that, that the church is so united in love and obedience to God that the world will believe in Jesus. Right, right. Uh, which is an interesting reason to do it but yet again it takes you back to that um this a uh, very strong theme of evangelism which i also think that the primate should be paying attention to mm-hmm. so how do you think the church is doing holly <laughs> on like revealing jesus to the world through our love for one another are we like doing like a really awesome job at that <laughs> i think we're like totally nailing it <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Episcopalians can't even do it, yeah. much less like Christians in general. Right. And so I guess for me, this is calling out to me. And to what extent am I complicit in the divisions in the church? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to pin that down, but you know, I, I've taken part in these arguments that, that the church has, whether it's about sexuality or about money or any number of other things. Uh, uh-huh. So, does this prayer mean that we don't that we don't have those debates? I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't. I think what it means to me, anyway, is that we're bound together in love and and obedience to God. The question is, you know, it, in some matters, other realms of the Christian faith might believe that things that I believe are not in obedience to God. Mm-hmm. 
And I personally believe that some of their beliefs are not in obedience to God. Uh, So that's where it gets tricky. I think what this prayer is trying to get at is that we are a family, even though we might not agree with everything. There is something that binds us to one another. Mm-hmm. And we have to stick together, even if that's hard, especially if that's hard. I was doing some interviews with people around the diocese as part of creating the profile for the bishop search. Um, I'm on that search committee. The very excellent profile that everyone should go look at. Yes. Yeah, y'all, please do go look at it, HoosierBishopXI.org. Uh, and but, that's Hoosier, not who is your. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the interviews that I did uh, really struck me. It was with somebody from the southwest corner of our diocese, which is quite rural, and the parishes are really far away from each other. And the priest I was talking to told me, that one of the things that that part of the diocese has to offer is an understanding of how to deal with conflict. Because unlike Indianapolis, where you can get mad at the rector or mad at you know somebody on vestry or whatever, and just go to another church, and it might be a few miles away, but you have some options. In, in rural Indiana, your church might be the only Episcopal church for 30 or 40 miles. Mm-hmm. And so your, then your choice is, do I figure out how to stay and manage um, to get along despite conflict, or do I just leave the church? She was saying that this is a part of the diocese that, that has managed to figure out, perhaps uneasily, uh, how to live with disagreement. And certainly in my part of the world, less so here in Lexington, but in the more uh, remote rural parts of the diocese of Lexington, it's a real, it's a really difficult debate. Yeah. So I guess we are agreed then that this this collect has a lot of good intentions, mm-hmm. but doesn't really land. No, no. I think we could take a big old red pen to this one and yeah. <laughs> do some good things with it. I do think that praying for the unity of the church is always in order. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure that this is really the collect that I would want to use to pray for the primates. I'm thinking... <laughs> Here's us both flipping through our BCPs. I know our listeners are wrapped. This is amazing radio. <laughs> this is fantastic podcast action right here. Okay, so I'm here in... This is my suggestion. Uh, that you use the prayer for the church that shows up in the ordination services. I'm looking here at the ordination of a bishop, uh, page 515. It's the one that begins, O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. That is an awesome collect, and, uh, and you know, you can make up your own prayers. You can use this one, it's fine, uh, but, uh, but that's the one I'm going to be using this week to, to pray for the church. And I'm going to be using the prayer on page 818 in the prayers and thanksgiving section, uh, which is another prayer for the unity of the church, but has a little bit more of what I would like to hear, which is, uh, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Mm. 
Wow, this is a good collect. We should talk right? about this one on a future show. Right? Anywho, sorry, uh, Mr. Archbishop William Temple. We like other stuff better than you. Yeah. Okay, well, are we uh, ready for the Twitter challenge? I think we are. You want me to go first? Sure. Hi, primates of the church. It's me, Holly. Be nice to each other, okay? And play well together. Thanks. Hashtag unity of the church. (laughs) Okay, here's mine. How Archbishop at being Holly would unite the church? Brandy Carlisle Eucharist. Yes! With cats. Hashtag Christian unity. (laughs) Brandy, that's so true! (laughs) I can't even talk about it. (laughs) Oh, wow. You would be my canon to the felon. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag cat disclaimer. (laughs) Hashtag cat disclaimer. Before we move on to our standard finale segment, I think we have a thing to talk about. We do. We're going to get all Starly Kine up in here. Yes. Because because we have a listener who has given us a liturgical mystery to solve. Oh, man. This is another place where we really need David Simmons to come in strong with a good, mysterious theme. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to plug in something I found on the internet here that sounds mysterious. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) So anyway, I got a message on Facebook from one of our listeners. Her name is Bonnie. And uh, Bonnie is actually getting ready to move with her husband to Naples, Italy. And in preparation for that, she is taking some liturgical materials with her. I'm not sure if there is an Episcopal or Anglican church in Naples, but in any event, she's collected some resources to make sure that she can stay plugged into our calendar. So she sent me three photographs with a note, Dear Collect Call, please help me with this. Where do I find these collects? Do I need something other than the BCP to find them? Here is my research. Thanks. See you in Italy. Uh, so, Holly, I, I created an evidence file on Google Drive. You sure did. <laughs> and I have been laboriously poring over it since you sent it to me earlier. By the way, can I quickly say that thanks to my Google research, there is an English-speaking Anglican church in Naples, Italy. It's called Christ Church Naples. Oh, wow. And it, it is part of the diocese in Europe of the Church of England. Bonnie, I found you a place to go to church. It, the nearest metro station is Piazza Amadeo. <laughs> what time are their services? Oh, crap, I just closed the link. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but it's pretty easy to find if you look at Anglican churches in Naples, Italy. So. All right. Okay, so are, are you in the, uh, in the evidence file? I'm in the evidence file. So, Holly, can you describe for our listeners uh, the, the evidence that Bonnie has sent us? The first photo is, it looks like a, a little bound, it's a, a, a delightful shade of blue, I think. A bound book that says Episcopal Church 2016 Revised Common Lectionary Lesson Calendar. Mm-hmm. And what about the second piece of evidence? The second piece of evidence is a, it looks like the date is January 6th, and it says the Epiphany. 
that it has some words. Um, Gloria, collect 162 or 214. And then it has uh, lectionary readings, Isaiah, Ephesians, Matthew, and a psalm. And then it has a preface of Epiphany. And then it says hymn 119E and 491C. Okay, and uh, Bonnie's question is specifically about that second line, the Collect 162 or 214. Yes. And what is our third piece of, of evidence? Well, it looks like a, f- a f- picture of what I would think is a table of contents for a Book of Common Prayer. Is that what uh, you I would assume that, that is? That is. Yes. And it says um, that the Collex traditional uh, seasons of the year start on page 159, Holy Days 185, Common of Saints 195, and various occasions 199. Right, right. So that is the evidence that we have been uh, presented by Bonnie. The solution to this mystery is actually quite simple. The problem that that Bonnie is encountering here is is that the particular liturgical calendar that she has is kind of unclear. It's suggesting that you could use the way it's formatted, collect number 162 or 214. Indeed. But in fact, those are references to page numbers. Yes. That it is the you can use the collect on page 162 or page 214. Now, this is confusing for a couple of reasons. One is obviously the formatting of the calendar you're looking at. The second is that the photo uh, that she sent us is of the of the table of contents. And at the bottom of that page, of that first page, is the collects traditional. Um, And then it's at the top of the second page that you see the contemporary collects. So it's a little hard to follow that you actually have two sets of collects uh, available to you in the prayer book. It's also a little unclear, well, one, just because it doesn't say page number, but then when you go to page 162 or page 214, there are multiple collects on those pages, but luckily they're labeled with the, the names of the, the particular feast days, i.e. the holy name or the epiphany. And when there's a certain date, such as January 6th is always epiphany, it says that there as well. It might be interesting to talk uh, a little bit about why there are two options uh, for the collects. Because you actually you do have two sets of collects available to you in the prayer book. The first set is in the traditional or Elizabethan language. Uh-huh. And the second set are the identical collects, but in the contemporary language. And it's that second set that we, uh, that we typically use on this show. We are contemporary peeps, and therefore we use the contemporary language. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So Marion Hatchett writes a little bit about the distinction between the language in his commentary. Uh, This is from uh, page 28 of your your commentary on the American Prayer Book. Uh, He notes that the rites of this edition represent both a continuity with prayer books since 1549 and an intimate relationship with the world of the present. Both aspects are inextricably linked in the worship of God. The paragraph goes on at some length, and it seems to suggest, although he doesn't come right out and say it, uh, that the principal language of the Book of Common Prayer 
is the contemporary idiom, and that's what the intention of the prayer book is. So, for instance, your uh, Easter vigil service uh, or the service of Compline are only printed in the prayer book in contemporary language. Right. But there's also this interesting little provision on page 14 of the prayer book in the section on the service of the church that notes, in any of the proper liturgies for special days and in other services contained in this book celebrated in the context of a right one service, that is the traditional language, the, contemp the contemporary idiom may be conformed to traditional language. In other words, uh, this is giving you free reign to translate the sections that are only printed in contemporary language back into Elizabethan English. Yes, this is a project for me that later this evening, I've always wanted to translate contemporary language back to Elizabethan. Well, so Holly, there, there is uh, an opportunity for you to fill a gap here. Okay. Uh, somebody has done it. There's a book out there called The Anglican Service Book, uh, which does translate back most of the contemporary language liturgies into Elizabethan English, but there is one glaring exception. What is it? I I'm going to give you one guess. Think about the most notorious example of contemporary, or not even contemporary, 70s <gasps> English in the BCP. Percy! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I can't imagine why they wouldn't have translated that back. <laughs> uh, for those of you who aren't as intimately familiar with uh, the language of, of Prayer C, uh, this is the service of Eucharist that is found on page 369 of your Book of Common Prayer. And it just has some very, um, some real wishy-washy language. <laughs> the most uh, notoriously mocked being the part about the vast expanse of interstellar space. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I love Prayer C. I, I, I love it I a lot. I know you do. We, we used it in our wedding. But man, it is such a product of its time. It really is. I mean, but let's be real. This book was born in 1979. So was I. Which one of us holds up better? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I note that one of us was in your wedding and the other was not. So. Right. <laughs> <sighs> so, well, Bonnie... Uh, we hope that we have helped solve your solve your liturgical mystery. And uh, we wish you really safe travels to Naples, and we would love to hear about, what, was it Christchurch, you said? Yes, yes. Yeah, so uh, check it out and let us know how it is, and be sure to tell them about the Collect Call. Yes, and of course, you can still access uh, podcasts in Italy or anywhere else that you might go, so uh, keep listening to us and say hi when you can. Yeah. And if you have um, any other listeners have liturgical mysteries that Brendan and I can solve, we are sadly not nearly to the level of Starly Khan um, on the wonderful podcast Mystery Show. If you haven't listened to that, you definitely should. Uh, but we would love to track down your liturgical mysteries. So uh, tweet us. You can find us on Twitter at The Collect Call. 
or you can email us on um, on your email <laughs> box. I don't know what I'm talking about. You can email us at the collect call at axe eight number eight movement.org. And when you email us, you should tell us how you respond to the Britney Spears episode of Mystery Show, uh, because y'all, that is mandatory listening. Uh, oh my go, God, go, go so hear it right good. now if you haven't. I was really annoyed recently because I, I was reading this article that had um, like end of the year thing that had the 50 best podcast episodes of 2015. And of course, one, I was really annoyed because none of ours were on there. Oh Thanks a lot, guys. But then it listed the best episode of Mystery Show as the belt buckle episode. What? Which is, in fact, great. But... Britney Spears just blows it out of the water, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, that, she, that episode is phenomenal. That that conver- conversation with the Ticketmaster guy. With the customer guy. service guy? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man, I, I've listened to that like a million times. I love it. Uh, we're just really waiting for Alex Bloomberg to pick us up as his next Gimlet Media show, <laughs> I think, because obviously we would be really good at hanging out with all those guys. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't believe they chose the belt buckle one. That's so wrong. I know. Right? <laughs> uh, anyway, if you would like to talk to our parent organization about how much we um, tell you to go listen to other podcasts <laughs> other than our own, uh, you can find them on uh, on the internet at axe8movement.org or on Facebook or Twitter at axe8movement. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week where we will be talking about the Confession of St. Peter. Ooh, I hope he has something juicy to say. (laughs) (laughs) Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to